It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first official preseason episode of the 2023 NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It's Mark here with Ryan. And uh, Ryan, mate, you will be happy to know that I've actually upgraded from my customary uh, protein shaker full of scotch to a extremely large glass full of alcohol instead. So, Oh, mate, embracing the silly season. Yeah, mate, it's actually made of glass, not a plastic uh, protein oh, shaker. So, yeah. We really are celebrating. Yeah, I thought I'd step it up for 2023, so... Nice. Classy. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. How, how's your holidays, mate? You been up to anything exciting? Oh, mate, you know, just chipping away. Not all of us uh, get Christmas off. Some of us still have to chip away at work. But, um, you know, we're obviously we've been working hard on the website, getting ready for 2023, writing plenty of articles. I'm, I'm ready to go. I've got the fantasy brain engaged. Yeah, love it, mate. Oh, good to see you. You've got a bit of a run-up now. So we started early and... Um, Unfortunately, the same can't be said for regular Rob, um, who mate, we we might have to look at demoting him because immediately after his bloody promotion, yeah, he's, he's gone. He's gone straight into a uh, a hiatus of you know coming up with lame excuses like my friends getting married and I can't record a podcast mm. today. So yeah, I was gonna. Um, say, I, I thought Rob was sounding a little bit funny today. He, he lost the Kiwi accent. I was wondering what was going on there. <laughs> Yeah, so in, in lieu of regular Rob, we now have intern Austin uh, joining us on the podcast today. So intern Austin, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. A uh, bit nervous, but pretty excited because we're getting into the season now and it's just, you know, got that, that jittery feeling, you know, wanting to watch a game yep. and see what happens and stuff. Yeah, so. mate. And as as I said to you off air, the, the important thing to remember, there's no need to be nervous because if you make a mistake, it's only on the internet forever. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Boys, we're, uh, we're going to start off today going through our teams. We're going to just do it team by team so that we can get you guys some shorter, many shorter podcasts instead of multiple longer ones. So hopefully that's a bit easier to digest. Um, so we're going to start off with a really interesting team and probably the team that the most needs to be spoken about at the moment, which is the Brisbane Broncos. So obviously there's a lot of stuff circling around in the news at the moment regarding Payne Haas who's been put on a or he's requested a, a leave of absence which has been granted um, due to some off-field indiscretions by his immediate family rather than himself and we're not going to get into that but we probably will touch on him when it comes up when you know when it when it's his time so We'll, uh, we'll circle back to that, guys, but it's probably, you know, probably a good time to actually be discussing the Broncos. But, Ryan, I, I, I want to start at the start here um, with Reese Walsh. Mm. So, obviously, Reese Walsh comes over from the Warriors to the Broncos, won't be doing any of the goal-kicking due to the fact that Adam Reynolds is there. So, you know, he'll just be the backup goal-kicker um, and he's, he's essentially just going to be that, you know, link man, you know, traditional fullback type thing that they that they really needed to sort of join it all together they didn't really have last year so I mean what's your thoughts I mean Reese, we're all pretty comfortable that he's a trap but did you want to stand expand on it a little bit more 
Yeah, well, I think the obvious one is is that he's he's moving to a team where he's not going to be um, goal kicking, so he's losing that straight off the bat. And he usually at the Warriors had a decent amount of kick meters. Like, you know, he was averaging over a hundred kick meters last season. You'd have to imagine now playing with a pretty established, dominating, a dominant kicking half in Adam Reynolds that he's going to lose a few points there as well. I think the main case for people you know, wanting to see something here in Walsh is that they're expecting the Broncos, I guess, to be to be better this season and um, his attacking stats could potentially increase compared to what he was able to do at the Warriors. But even at the Warriors, he was you know, never really struggling for try assists, try involvements. He only uh, didn't have too many tries last year, but uh, is that enough to push him into the buy category? I, I don't think so. Like He averaged 37 last year. We've all got him comfortably in the low 40s. So um, a little bit of value, but I don't think enough to be a buy. Austin, just we, we get the player bias. Player bias is out right now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're a dirty Roosters supporter, aren't you? Dirty Roosters? No, mate. I'm dirty Panthers He's a, supporter. Oh, you're Penrith a supporter. supporter. Who's mate? Supporter? Everyone hates me. Right he, now. That's James. I think James is the oh, trick supporter. Oh, James is the. Sorry, mate. All right. Well, never mind. We'll make sure to avoid the Panthers. Actually, can you just <laughs> can you just log off now? Actually, the. No. Oh, yeah. No worries. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll stay on topic. Uh, but um, I mean. It's an interesting point that you raise there regarding the Broncos getting better. Uh, I mean, I was one that originally was having them sort of higher, but the longer that the preseason goes on, that Kobe Hetherington's gone uh, through injury. I mean, this this off-field question marks with Payne Haas now. They really have just sort of gone one for one. It's more about the cohesion of the group than anything else. Austin, are you are we that confident that the Broncos are even going to be better than ninth this year? Oh, not really. It'll just be who wins those 50-50 games, really, mm. like between the lower sides. It's just, yeah, yeah. I, I can't really pick it because Adam Reynolds is one like bad injury away or a little niggle away from missing the game, and then they lose Haas already, who's not in a good space to start with. Then they got people yeah. that go off to Origin. They're one of the lower teams that actually has have the core group that play Origin. So that hurts them even more. I'm probably yeah. if they're going to make the eight, it'll be on the lower end. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and Ryan have him have him at tenth and eleventh respectively in our preseason projections. So, I mean, there's nothing to say that there even is going to be an up, attacking uptick from where the uh, the Warriors were last year, which is, I mean, they were fifteenth. But I mean, they, they, that was more through their bad defense than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a hard trap for me, and you know, there's not even any guarantees that he's a 40 plus average player so i'm pretty comfortable there the rest of the back lines very sort of good players that aren't really fantasy relevant this year herbie and stags will be ones that we'll be looking at if the broncos are good later in the year certainly relevant for draft selwyn cobbo was really good last year but i mean he comes in at you know low 600s with a 43 break even not really something you want to be jumping into unless he finds himself in fullback and probably the same goes for Ezra Mam. So I guess we come back to um, the next fantasy relevant player here, which would be Adam Reynolds. Uh, and I mean, Austin, we'll, we'll stick with you. Adam Reynolds last year, extremely good to start the year, looked absolutely on fire, picked up a little bit of an injury and then fell in a heap. Um, is he somebody that could attract your interest in 2023? Nah, it was someone that I actually almost pulled the trigger on when he went on that good run. 
Um, mm. it was like he was, I think he was averaging high six, like 60 or something. It was like seven weeks into the comp or something. Then, yeah, he just had that kind of slate. But I think you guys did bring up during that year as well that it was kind of just an outlier period or like it would tell us by the end of the year if it was an outlier period. And the yeah. fact that he finished with an average of around 50 just shows us that he just had an outlier period in the year and then just reverted back to the to the mean, to the average of what he does, basically. He's on the wrong side of 30. His team's not hunting for the premiership. So, yeah, not, yeah, safe to say, probably a trap for sure. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, I, I did a little bit of an article on Reynolds and it was interesting, you know, we spoke about the pre, it, it, you can basically sort it into pre-origin and then during and post-origin. So pre-origin average 58 uh, and then during and post-origin 46.5. One of the good friends of the show, uh, Mr. Anthony Glover, was on Reynolds for the early bit but then got stuck hanging on to him through that 46.5 when he peaked. Uh, I mean, is there a consideration for doing something where you look at a you know, Reynolds who starts at 48 break even. Technically speaking, if he was to do the similar thing again, 10 points of value, ride him up to 800K and then sell him out to a Heinz type, you know, pride origin. Is that something that you'd think about doing? Oh, look, it's a risky strategy. Um, I, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think a, a purple patch like that is necessarily something that's, predictable i'm sure he will have another one at some point during the season but uh, you know like you look at years past it's not like uh, you know 2020 for example he started with a 69 and then he had to put up a 22 a 29 a 38 a 55 and then he went on his purple patch after that so i mean you're not even guaranteed to sort of get uh, get that little purple patch at the beginning of the year um, it just seems like a risky strategy especially with the price bracket he's in there's a lot of other halves i think you could go for yeah, I mean, there's a guy we're going to talk about in our next, or you know, in the next couple of episodes that I'm, I'm, I've got just got a massive <laughs> excitement about. <laughs> I was trying to not be crude there, and all the words that were coming into my brain were not appropriate for non-expressive <laughs> podcasts. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, you know, I think you know, we got Hastings, we got Matt Burton, we got Adam Dewey, all in that price bracket, and Reynolds is seems to be the fourth there in terms of the guys that I'd be wanting to take a flyer on, I think. Um, so happy to avoid him. But I certainly, if you were looking for a pod and you and you felt good that he was going to repeat that last year and that the only reason that he went to this year was, you know, the only reason why he fell off is because of that injury, which is, is a very real possibility. I mean, there's worse decisions you could make than having a flyer on him. So I want to stick in the spine here, Ryan, and go to Corey okay. Pakes. Um, so Dale, good friend of the show, intern Dale, who's um, our our donor of our first place prize from last year, Trident Clothing, uh, he flagged initially that he was interested in Corey Pakes um, and did a little bit of an analysis on him on the website before, um, you know, sort of ending up saying that he didn't really think he was a good buy. But, I mean, any time that you have a starting NRL hooker at this price, if he was to be successful in winning the job, you need to have a conversation about them. Mm. Yeah, for certain. Um, I mean, the the issue with packs is always going to be the same, and that's just minutes. Um, you, you can't reliably predict how many minutes he's going to get each week because, um, you know, last year it was basically between that 30 to 50 type of mark which is sort of what we're predicting again this year 
if he was to get uh, you know a sixty minute role, then yeah, absolutely, he comes into consideration. But like the fact that, or even just a consistent fifty minute role, it'd become a lot more tempting to look at. But the fact that you know one week you could get thirty seven minutes, the next week forty nine, you just can't rely on that. Um, especially with you know Billy Walters being the relief hooker and his dad being the coach, I just mm. yeah. uh, unless there's an injury to Billy, I just yeah, I, I have to stay away from Pax for now. Yeah, the the hard thing is it's so inconsistent here with terms of you know like just I was just looking at Walters, like Walters starts off the interchange last year twenty five thirty and then fifty nine minutes. You know you could be forgiven for going oh yeah fifty to fifty five minute hooker two hundred ninety nine k for Pates jump on, but then you know fifty nine minutes and then the last you know rounds twenty one twenty three and twenty five it was forty eight forty eight and sixty minutes off the bench, so. It's just so unreliable. In any other scenario that wasn't this one, a 299K hooker, you wouldn't even have to think about it. You'd just jump on and pray. Um, but we sort of know what to expect here, which is, you know, he's going to alternate between playing 30 minutes and 55 minutes, but his PPM's not great. Um, mm. And also there's the looming shadow of Blake Moser as well. So um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Moser is the... Quote unquote, next Cameron Smith. Uh, you know, just like Brody Croft was the next Cooper Cronk. Um, I have been assured that he is actually good. Uh, but uh, I mean, everybody said that about Croft as well. But mind you, you know, yeah. H- who do we blame for that? I don't know. But um, yeah, so Blake Moser is there. He's going to play first grade at some point this year, I'm sure, probably later in the year. And somebody that we'll talk about through our sort of podcast through the year. Now, into the – I'm just going to, you know, wipe these blokes here that aren't fantasy relevant. So either of the edge back rowers, Kate Well and Jordan Ricky, not fantasy relevant. Tom Flegler, not fantasy relevant. Going through the bench here, um, Corey Jensen probably soaks up the minutes that Kobe Hetherington was going to play. And then we've got Palacia and um, – well, it was going to be naughty boy TC Rabati, but he's he's gone now. So I assume that's going to be uh, Brennan Piakura who's uh, going to be a base price cashy, but um, Austin, I won't, I won't use this up as your uh, opportunity to talk. I'll let you do the next one as well. But, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes off the bench for Piakura, not piquing your interest at 250K? No, just he's also filling in for a fill-in, so it's like there's no security there. So, yeah, no. absolutely. Um, I think there's some there, – I'm sure there's another couple of blokes that the Broncos have got as well in terms of cashies. They had a, a – Big guy from memory, um, I'm just trying to remember his name and I'm certainly not going to the Broncos website to try and find it. <laughs> um, Xavier Willison, um, uh, who yeah. was touted a while back and then did his ACL, um, he might be somebody to look at as somebody that, I mean, you know, depending on how interested they are. I know Palacy has signed with the Titans for 2024, so, you know, they might be looking to, to bring up the guys who are going to stay with them. Uh, but, the guys, the two players that we really need to discuss in this Broncos forward pack is Patrick Carrigan and Payne Haas. So let's start with Payne Haas because this directly impacts Pat Carrigan. Uh, Payne Haas, obviously not going to get into what his, you know, family members are done and, and that, but he's on, he's on a, a break now. I've seen mixed sort of information. Some people saying he's kind of come back to training on the 16th, um, which would be Monday, not this Monday coming the Monday after. Uh, but, I mean, we've only got to look at what 
negative preseason interactions due to real NRL team, you know, things to look at. You know, all you got to do is look at, you know, the Jack DeBellin stuff a couple of years ago and the, you know, the the barbecue, COVID barbecues and, you know, stuff and what's happened to the Dragons for the last couple of years as a result of that. You know, even Seabold uh, upsetting the Broncos team and, and what happened there. Obviously, it's going to be a challenge for Payne Haas to have his mind on the job. He was somebody I had absolutely locked into my side. Austin, what would you need to see from Payne Haas prior to round one to make you feel confident to putting him in your team? There's not really anything that can make me confident, to be honest, which is a bit hard to say because he's been the premier forward for a couple of years now since he came onto the scene. But I've just always been more, for me, more interested in guys like Cotter and Tapain just because I think they're going to give you a similar input output for a, a bit more or a bit less money, sorry. And now mm-hmm. that this stuff has happened to Payne and his family, I just, yeah, I just, it's just irked me a little bit. I wouldn't put him, I, I think he's a bit more of a caution now, but it's not really based on stats. It's more just, I think it's going to affect him mentally and it's going to be hard yeah. for him to push through it. And even the coach might see that and give him a bit of a break because we know Carrigan can, he's just an absolute monster. He can play more minutes mm. if they need him to. I I suppose the big thing is with this is whether Payne Haas is playing 50 or 60 minutes a game is not going to make a difference in terms of his mental headspace. I know for me personally, I would be wanting to do as much as possible to distract myself from something negative happening. But, you know, everybody has different ways of, of dealing with stuff. Um, but, I mean, Ryan, yeah. what's your what's your thoughts around Haas and, and how you're sort of looking at him? Well, the only comparable thing we have is round 17, 2020, um, a, week, a week and a half earlier, Payne Haas's brother died. He came back in round 17, scored 93 in 80 minutes. You know, like, it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. Like, it, it, this definitely could go one of two ways. Um, and, you know, I'm of a similar mindset to you, Mark, that if something negative was happening in my life, I'd want to throw myself into something that could distract me. And um, especially a team game like uh, Rugby League, you know, you want to be around that, assuming they do have a good team environment. And it seems like they do with Kevy. Um, you know, he is a bit of a player's coach. But you kind of want to be around that comrade, um, you know, that you know, that playing group and your friends and, you know, get out there and get to it. But um, I can see this putting a lot of people off and look, I, I I can't blame them because there is no real stats base to this. This is a gut feel decision. Um, but I mean, there's still a lot of preseason left. So I guess we can see what happens over the next, over the coming months. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. Cause I mean, without getting into the mud of it, somebody dying and what's happened in Payne Haas's family mm. or, you know, is is different in a way. I remember Cody Walker uh, a couple of years ago, his mum died the day that he played and he came out and scored three tries or something like that as well. So, you know, you can use that as, you know, I'm playing for this person or that person. And, you know, there's a couple of guys like, you know, um, AJ Brimson this year who's who's sort of come out with with something similar to that and that's something that we can discuss when we get to the Titans. Um, I, I think this is a bit different. And, I mean, you only have to look at, I think this might be closer to Jack DeBellin than than that, um, mm-hmm. where uh, even though Payne himself hasn't done anything wrong, well, I'm, I won't comment about that. <laughs> Maybe it's not exactly <laughs> the same as Jack DeBellin. Uh, but um, in terms of 
the court of public opinion and, you know, having, you know, fans potentially, I know like, you know, fans, I, I can see fans turning on him even though it wasn't his fault and I can see, you know, all of that media stuff happening and, and, and depending on what sort of person he is, it could absolutely end up negatively impacting his mental headspace and ability to play. Um, so it is, it is going to be, it's, and it's, it's a big challenge and it's a, it's a massive risk to decide to make the decision to buy him. And it's probably one of those things where the, the potential downside and risk versus the upside may not be there, um, is, is maybe more the point, but, um, mm. we'll sort of steer away from that. And we'll, I guess we'll probably speak about it more in, in later episodes, um, but yeah, obviously it's a really hard topic to try to navigate navigate around, but it needs to be discussed. I mean, the potential beneficiary of um, this, if it is that uh, Payne Haas does miss time, is Pat Carrigan, who really didn't need any excuse to be a fantasy weapon as it is. Uh, but Ryan Carrigan last year, monstrous. You didn't believe me when I said he was a weapon. And, um, you know, maybe you're on the Carrigan train with me this year. Well, I did eventually jump on the Carrigan train with you last year. It um, unfortunately came to a bit of a uh, poor end when he decided to break Jack- Jackson Hastings' league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little, little bit of a poor end. But, um, look, certainly there is a little bit of value with Carrigan. He averaged, what, 50 last year. He had a couple of games where he played, you know, less than, yeah, like, 40 minutes-ish. So, I mean, there is a, a little bit of value there. I think we pr- both projected him around that sort of low fifth, low to mid-50s type of range. Um, so while, as, as, as things stand, I don't think there's enough value to justify starting with him. Um, if something was to happen where Haas does take an extended lead of absence, all of a sudden, you know, you are looking at ex- potentially expended, um, expanded minutes for Carrigan, especially with all the other outs there. Um, and he becomes a, a roaring buy, I think. But um, for the meantime, I, I, I'm still got him in the uh, not quite enough value for me range. Yeah, I mean, just looking at him last year, non-Origin games, just regular regular season stuff, just for last year, he had 12 games of 50-plus minutes at a 53.3 average in 64 minutes. So, I mean, I sort of had him down for 60 minutes, which would have him at, like, 51. Uh, but even 65, based on this, is only sort of a 53.5 to 54, which, you know, he's already 49, Austin... It just kind of feels maybe there might be some better value around in the mids and, and that's not enough upside to warrant, you know, taking a risk at that 700K price. Yeah, he's he's tapped out for now. It's more of a just like not right now type of deal. He's mm. definitely like at his upper echelon and if there is value there, it's not going to be significant enough to start with because we got, there's a lot of mid cheapies rolling around and even lower priced people near him in his bracket. Like there's a couple more 30K more expensive that might have better heights than Carrigan right now because Carrigan's kind of just, you know, he's like, he's a bit of a, like just a workhorse. He doesn't do much flashy stuff except for the odd try assist now and then, but he's kind of just, you know, that guy, the mm. pillar of the team. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, um, the, the, the only thing I'm really dirty about in all of this is the Broncos don't have a buy until round 16 and I have no Broncos. <sighs> Oh, ouch. It's the first buy. There's three buys in 11 weeks, all at the end. Yeah, no buys until round 16. Yeah, they play the first major buy and don't have any buys before that. I think they're the only team that that is in that situation. So, yeah, that's why I was – I had Payne Haas 
locked into my team all preseason as my captain, and I'm now dirty because I have to spend an extra 150k and get Nathan Cleary, <laughs> um, which is not something to complain about, but. You know, it wasn't part of the plan. So, yeah, no, I, I guess that's probably it. Do we have any other any other thoughts around the Broncos? Anyone we're sort of keeping an eye on, or we think this is, team's going to be pretty predictable? Yeah, without any uh, more surprises, injuries, or you know, off season stuff, it seems like it's going to be a fairly predictable side. It's uh, sort of picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think the big thing is going to be if we see, like, let's say, you know, it comes out, Payne Haas is taken, going to miss the season or going to be eight weeks out or whatever. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, then we'd have to have another look at Corey Jensen is probably the the big yeah. part. But, you know, yeah, until that comes up, I think it's probably it's probably enough to put this particular cue in the rack and, um, and, and call it a day, boys. What do you reckon? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yep. Yep, cool. All right, no worries. Well, uh, that'll do us for the Broncos. So in summary, Reese Walsh is a trap. Carrigan, nah. um, mm. Payne Haas, keep your eyes open. And Reynolds probably, you know, if you really want to take that risk, do it. But we're not condoning it. Um, and I think that's it for uh, for the Broncos for 2023. So thank you very much for joining us. All the best. And we'll uh, see you for our next podcast, which will be coming out shortly. Love you guys.